intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. She bobbles it and now has to try and recover. Deshaun Jackson gets a block. Are you kidding? Steps into it. Pass is Hello and welcome back to the Master Plan. And today, I told you guys, these past two episodes, I was like, I really don't have much much good stuff to talk about. Today, got some great stuff to talk about. I got, I don't even know, I got so many things on my mind right now that I would love to talk about. I want to talk about Chelsea because they just lost to Arsenal and I'm, I'm pissed. Um, I want to talk about Brady and the Bucks beating the Lions by 40 points. But all in good time, that will come. What I do want to talk about is the Christmas Day game, the Saints versus the Vikings. What I need to say about this game, and you guys know me, I love the Vikings. So some of this might just be an unhinged rant, um, and some of it might, you know, some of it might be actually um, substantive. But I, I think all of it will be pretty, pretty informative. So what, what, I, what I'm going to start out with, obviously, the Saints. Blew the lid off of that game versus the Vikings yesterday. What we saw by the Saints was not an air attack by Drew Brees. You know, obviously they had a bunch of wide receivers out. And and I'll get to that later. It was not an air attack by Drew Brees. It was a one-man wrecking crew, right? It was Alvin Kamara and the boys, the offensive line, absolutely manhandling that Vikings defense for about four hours yesterday. What I saw yesterday by Alvin Kamara was one of the single greatest single-game performances I have ever seen in my lifetime. He scored six touchdowns, but more so than that, he dominated the whole game. He took a lot of pressure off of Breeze, who did not have a seller game, and we will get to that later. That offensive line, Ram check, I mean, you name it, that offensive line easily could be, easily could be one of the best... One of the best... Um, one of the best performances I've ever seen. Ramchek, offensive line. It it was absolutely incredible. But here's what I will say. The Saints did not, you know, they scored 50, 50 points. But what, what about yesterday, like, struck me as, like, important was that it showed me that the Saints are incredible running the football. But it also showed me that the Saints cannot pass the ball. All right. Now, Drew Brees had two interceptions. Now, what you're going to say is, Michael, one of those interceptions went right through the hands of Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. Let's start off with that. Let's start off with that. The ball was a little high, but Emmanuel Sanders still should have caught it. But Eric Wilson should have had that interception. He went right through his hands. But what I will say, what I will say is that Drew Brees was protecting his ribs. So he wasn't able to step into a lot of throws. But, 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 he still didn't look great. And what I think is going to happen as we see the end of the season, you cannot rely on Drew Brees to make a fourth quarter game winning drive um, in, in the game. And I think that this is really, really, really crucial. And so I, I, I think that what the Saints showed us yesterday is when we play – in my opinion, one of the worst defenses in the league. I think, like, the Vikings are ranked, like, 22nd, 23rd. But I think that they're much, much worse. 
And on top of that, one of their best players, Eric Hendricks, didn't even play yesterday. Eric Hendricks did not even play yesterday, right? One of their best players. Their linebacking core, they had Lynch in there, who I think it was like his first game starting ever. They have some of the like youngest cornerback in cl- cornerback class in the league. No pass rush whatsoever. Like this is one of the worst defenses in the league, coached by Mike Zimmer, who was good but had no opportunities yesterday to do anything special with the ball. The Saints showed us that they're a one-dimensional team, especially without Michael Thomas. So going forward, you might say, well, they didn't have Traquan Smith. They didn't have. I don't think it's going to matter. I really don't think it's going to matter because when you play a team with a pass rush, I think that's going to be really difficult to do. And when you play a team that has a little bit better of a run defense, it's going to be difficult to win games like that. Now, the Saints have been good all season. Yesterday was a blowout, but let's don't look, don't don't get your head in the sand too much about it. But because because what we saw yesterday was a team that had zero defense, a team that had zero defense, and Drew Brees still didn't make incredible throws. Right, the Jared Cook interception that was a little behind him. Jared Cook should have come down to the ball, but it was still uh, it was still behind him, and defender made a nice play. He, you know, he left some balls up there that could have been, should have been intercepted by the Vikings that weren't. So what I think we saw yesterday was what the Saints can and what they can't do, right? They can run the football very, very effectively against a defense that sucks. But I think that they can run the football effectively against a lot of different teams, right? I think if they when they go play the Packers again, I think they'll be able to run the football effectively. Against most defenses, I think they'll be able to run the football effectively. But what I think is going to be crucial is a team looking ahead at this game – at least from a defensive perspective on the Saints. They have to see, Brees cannot throw the football downfield, and their best receiver is Emmanuel Sanders. You can play one high safety, and I would feel pretty comfortable about bringing those other guys in. Like, you got to stack the box, because you're going to stop out Alvin Kamara, who's one of the best running backs in the league. By the way, Latavius Murray, very, very nice dual threat. You know, it's something that we didn't see, and that's not talked about enough. Latavius Murray is a very, very capable second running back. Right, I think the Saints have really shown themselves to be a one-dimensional team in terms of running the football. But what I think is more more telling about the Saints yesterday is the Vikings put up 33 points on them and easily should have put up more. If it weren't for the fact that Kirk Cousins had to throw the ball all day yesterday, I, I think it could be a different story. And we're going to get to the Vikings later, but I want to start off with the Saints just so we can get through this. The Saints' defense, they did not have Trey Henderson. This is true. But they lost, lost one of the linebackers, torn Achilles, out for the season. Now, you might be saying, oh, Michael, I mean, yeah, they had Justin Jefferson, you know, they have Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. Like, I still think that the Vikings' offense is not good because their pass blocking on offense is, is some of the worst pass blocking I've ever seen. And I'll get to that. And I think that the Saints' defense definitely showed some weaknesses yesterday, like, Kirk was dicing him up pretty, pretty easily. Like it wasn't, they were some big chunk plays. Like, so what I think, what I think we learned most about the game yesterday, the Saints are a very one-dimensional team on offense because of Breeze. And you might say, well, he'll, you know, it's because of the injury. Well, he's still injured. Like they're not going to get the number one seed, I don't think. At least in my view, they're not going to get the number one seed. So that means he's going to have to play a wild card weekend game. Likely, likely either against a Cardinals team Right, that has you know a defense that sometimes shows up, maybe against a Bucks team, which is a very good run defense. Although the Bucks and Saints have not played well, the Bucks have not played the Saints well this year. You know, maybe the Bears, maybe the Rams. Like we'll see. 
But I think a bunch of those teams could give them trouble. And I think that what we saw from the Saints, the very one-dimensional offense, right? Yesterday, like, they were protecting Breeze. Don't get me wrong. Like, a very good offensive line, they're protecting Breeze. And, and a defense that definitely now has some gaps that we have we have seen, like Janoris Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore – those dudes were getting, you know, they they you know they were getting beat by Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, right? So I, I think what we saw yesterday, a lot from the team, a lot from the Saints is, I know they won big, but the Vikings, I mean, they were terrible yesterday on defense and and offensively they were really really good. So I thought what we saw yesterday was not a good representation. Don't read too much in the Saints. Don't get too hyped up on the Saints because of this game. It was a very well played game. But it almost made me worse in their opinion because it concluded to me that Drew Brees cannot throw the ball. And it concluded to me that maybe their defense isn't as good as we thought it was, right? So now let's shift focus to the Vikings so I can give you some more perspective. We are talking about the Vikings defense, which was absolutely god-awful yesterday. I want to talk about the Vikings offense, a team that you guys all know I love Kirk Cousins, right? He is my dude, right? He is my dude. Kirk Cousins of all dudes is my dude. Like, out of all dudes playing, you know, playing the throwing of the football, he's my dude, right? Liked him ever since he came out of Michigan State. Liked him when he was a backup to RG3. Liked him when he was back, you know, on uh, in Washington. Liked him when he's got traded to Minnesota. You know, love my boy Kirk Cousins. What I saw yesterday out of his performance was absolutely excellent. Under constant duress the entire game. Notice, he is the most pressured quarterback in the past five games in the NFL. He leads the league in second-half passing yards ahead of Tom Brady. He is the leader in second-half passing yards ahead of Tom Brady, ahead of all other quarterbacks. He's the most pressured quarterback in the past five weeks. What does this tell you? It tells you that his team gets down early, right? His team gets down early. He comes back in the second half of the game, plays excellent, right? And it tells him that he has no time to throw. So it's nice that you have Adam Thielen. It's nice that you have Justin Jefferson, two incredible receivers. Offensive line-wise, they're pretty terrible. Jack Conklin, people think he's playing well. I really don't think he's that good. Like, Dalvin Cook, again, he had a good, really good game first half yesterday. He kind of got stopped after a little while yesterday. It was all, it was all Kirk Cousins yesterday. Now, people might be blaming this loss on him. It is no way, shape, or form on him. If you watched the game yesterday, he was making the throws that he needed to be making. Like, he made the throws that he needed to make. And, you know, I mean, there were, there were you know, maybe there's some drops. But, like, at some point, like, Kirk, we know his play style, right? He can, he can roll out, but he is not the most mobile guy, right? He's a pass completion, high pass completion he can sling the rock. He threw for 291 and three touchdowns yesterday. And he's very good off the play action, right? And, and I've been very critical of Gary Kubiak this entire season because Gary Kubiak, I think, prior to yesterday's game, prior, prior to yesterday's first half, I think he was terrible. I think what he did, he was way too reliant on Dalvin Cook, right? And, and I don't think it's bad to have a running game. I think that's a, necess- a necessity, right? And, and maybe he was trying to make up for the lack of, in offensive line talent, but at the same time, they felt so the Vikings felt like such a one-dimensional team. And then what what happened was I felt like the Vikings' whole play strategy was in the first half, we're gonna run the ball. Like only run the ball. Oh, we're only gonna run the ball. On third down, we can pass it. 
We're only going to run the ball. And then when it gets later in the game and the Vikings are down, Gary Kubiak's like, fine, now we'll pass. And he finally gets Kirk some of that opportunity. And Kirk usually runs with it. Like, that's why I believe he's the leader in second half passing yards, right? Like, because Gary Kubiak has to let him loose because he's called such a terrible first half. What we saw yesterday was very different, in my opinion. I thought what we saw yesterday was much, much better out of Gary Kubiak. I liked his play calling. I liked he passed the ball more. He put the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands, and they delivered. Like, the, the Vikings delivered a lot yesterday on offense. They scored 33 points against a very capable defense, right? That, we've already established the, the, the Saints are top, top five, top ten defense easy in the league. So the Vikings put up 33 points yesterday. Big props to Gary Kubiak yesterday for that. But what I will say is the second half wasn't nearly as good, and you saw that as the Vikings didn't score any more po- as many points. What became clear yesterday is that the blame is going to be put on Kirk, right? Oh, the Vikings will be 6-10, and 7-9. and nine. It's a losing season. Like, what people don't understand is that defense is so god-awful on the Vikings. Like, they cannot stop. They couldn't stop uh, anything. They couldn't. They basically couldn't stop anything yesterday. I mean, Alvin Kamara had six touchdowns. Like, that was one of the worst offensive performances I have ever seen out of a single team, maybe in my lifetime. I mean... Detroit played today, and they had no head coaches and a terrible defense, like no coaching staff at all, and they only let up 47, and the Vikings let up 55 with their head coach. And like, you know, so I, I thought that might have been one of the worst defensive performances, sing, like single-game defensive performances in my life. The blame is going to be put on Kirk because it always will be because people don't understand. Like, he gets so much pressure in his face, like, so often. Like, it happens so often where he's going to stand in there and take a hit. Like, like it's, it's, it's incredible. And, and I think, like, I, in, my, in, my, in my opinion, that is why the Vikings are losing games. I mean, aside from their awful defense, the reason why on offense they're not – like any as good as they could as good as they should be is because you know they got no they got no help on offensive line like and this was the same case last year as well like Kirk Cousins was passionate a bunch again like last year his clean pocket passing grade was tied in for first in the NFL with Russell Wilson and Ryan Tannehill among qualifying quarterbacks Pressured, he's 16 of 32. Like, he's not a great under-pressure quarterback, and he is under duress constantly, especially yesterday. He was under duress constantly. So what does this tell us? What does this tell us? Sells that the Vikings don't have a good offensive line. Like, people are going to say, well, how does Dalvin Cook run the football then? Because pass blocking and run blocking are two very different things. Like, it's easy to get downfield and block, but it's very different to to pass block. Like, obviously, Riley, Riley Reef, Ezra Cleveland, like, those dudes, like, they're not where they need to be to protect Kirk Cousins in a passing attack. And he still had 291 and then three touchdowns yesterday. Like, he was delivering strikes to Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson all over the field. He had over a 150, I think, 115 passer rating. Like, when he's not under pressure, he's going to be throwing dimes all over the field to two incredible receivers in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. But when he doesn't have any time, how is he supposed to throw the ball? How is he supposed to make a read? How is he supposed to do anything? He can't. 
right? We have to understand that Kirk Cousins offers us something very different from what the NFL has in, in, in a lot of quarterbacks. Like he's not as mobile as most guys out there, right? So like you can't expect him to be mobile. You have to like expect what you, you, he can give you. And it feels like the Vikings, like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, I'm really, I'm really disappointed in the coaching, like in, in the coaching of Gary Kubiak and Mike Zimmer. Like, and and I think I think if Kirk Cousins does end up like not the starter of the Vikings next season, like it's not gonna fix the problems for the Vikings. And I'll make this prediction now. Because I don't think the Vikings like I don't think you can just swap like Zach Wilson or like those guys are very, very good, but I don't think you can swap one of those guys in there with Gary Kubiak calling plays and just have it work like instantly like that. Because what you don't understand, what people don't understand is like Justin Jefferson is really good. And so is Adam Thielen, but you got to have a guy throw them the ball. And if they don't got any time, it's not going to happen. You know, Kirk Cousins, I think he's, you know, he's had like three different offensive coordinators since his time in Minnesota he has Kubiak. He had Stefanski last. I think he had a different guy the year before. He's had three different offensive systems. It's not easy for a quarterback. Like, because what you have to think about, it's like changing your head coach. Like, it's changing an offensive head coach. It is the offensive head coach. Mike Zimmer doesn't have any play calling duties on offense. Like, trust me, it would be a pretty bad team if he did. And, you know, I, it's a lot of run the ball, run the run, run the ball, run the ball. Because I, I feel like they're forced to because they have Dalvin Cook. I, I, I just don't like that. So what I'm trying to say is, like, this is not on Kirk Cousins yesterday. Like, he, he played a very, very good game. I'm sure a lot of you watching that game saw he's a pretty good quarterback. He outplayed Breeze for sure. That goes without question. He outplayed Breeze by far. And he's been, in the second half of the season, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's thrown over for 30 touchdowns this season. And he's been under constant duress all season. And, you know, much of this is not his fault. Like, they would have beat the Bucs had they had a kicker. They would have beat, like, they would have beat them, the Saints yesterday, if they held them to 30 points. Like, it's not even holding a team to 30 points. Like, holding a team to 30 points, like, that's still not a good defensive game. Like, no matter what team you're playing. 30 points, I mean, maybe unless you're playing Kansas City. Like, it's not a good defensive game when you hold a team to 30 points. And if they had held them to 30 points yesterday, they would have won. So, you know, my thoughts on Kirk, like, he's going to get a lot of crap for this. He might end up leaving the Vikings. I, as a Patriots fan, bring him over here, please. Like, he would be the perfect guy for this offense. Give him a nice wide receiver. He'll be fine. Like, he's one of the best guys, one of the best handoffers in the league. If that's offense or running play action, he's excellent in that. You know, I think he's better than Cam Newton, arm talent for sure. So, you know, we have to ask ourselves some questions as Pats fans. But, He's going to get a lot of the blame for this. It's really the offensive line in my eyes. And you can, again, like people who say, well, he has Justin Jefferson. Like, look at Aaron Rodgers. Like, Aaron Rodgers is obviously better than Kirk Cousins, but look at the two of them. Aaron Rodgers has one of the best, if not the best, offensive line, passing offensive line in the league. One receiver, Devontae Adams. And don't give me Marcus Valdez Scantling because that's not like. Justin Jefferson is leagues ahead of MVS or, you know, whoever you consider the number two on Minnesota. Like, they're both leagues ahead. But Aaron Rodgers wins games, and he's able to stay in the pocket and throw the ball to Devontae Adams, and Kirk Cousins isn't able to do that because he's running for his life. All right? That's why the play action works so much, because it feels like he's not running for his life because they're biting on the run. 
So uh, that's my thoughts on the Christmas game. I thought it was a really good game. This was entertaining, at least that. I mean, it wasn't a good game at the end. Obviously, the Saints fucking blew them out. But, but I thought it was still really, like, it was an enjoyable game. I, I like the Christmas game. It was high scoring. You know, there was that. Um, and then just a little bit on Brady, because I just want to cap this off in a nice way. What a half. I mean, through four touchdowns, 348 in the first half. And, you know, I know a lot of people will say, like, this is the Vic- the Bucks offense that we want to see. And, uh, yes, the Detroit Lions didn't have any players. And, yes, Blaine Gabbert threw two touchdowns. But I think it's still a good, great tune-up. Receivers, they all look more in tune. Everybody looks a little bit more in tune. The running game has started. Like, we're seeing a lot of what we saw last week against in the second half versus Atlanta. We're seeing an offense that's run a little bit more t- towards Tom Brady's, like, area, and I like that. Um, final thing, you know, Tom Brady's got 36 touchdowns this season. If he throws four against Atlanta, he's got 40 touchdowns on the season. Just wanted to point that out. Um, he's thrown the ball. He threw the ball excellent tonight. Like, they won that game in the first half. Like, bro, when it, when it was 13-0, I knew the game was over. It wasn't even close. As soon as Stafford left, it was over. Um, very good game. Bucks look good. They're still my Super Bowl pick. Like, I think the Bucks, if they're playing at their best, are the best team in the league. You know, hopefully they won't run into the Saints because I think the Saints give them a lot of trouble. But I think that, you know, looking at the playoffs, like, uh, you know, Seahawks and Rams play. If the Rams lose, guess who the Bucks would play if they won next week against Atlanta? They would play the winner of the NFC East. So they play either the Giants, the Cowboys, or the, or, or the Washington football team. I mean, if it's not a buy, it's pretty much the easiest matchup you can get, no? Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, if you're not – if you can't get a buy, that's the easiest matchup you can get, right? Then you go and play the number one seed. Well, who's the number one seed probably going to be? Um, oh, it's the Green Bay Packers. What is the one team earlier on in the season that Tampa Bay absolutely destroyed? Uh, that would be Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So then you're talking about, okay, Bucks are either playing, like, Seahawks – Saying like they were playing one of the teams, but it looks very good at least for those first two rounds, right? So assuming the Saints lose, I don't know who else who holds the um the tiebreaker, the the Seahawks or the um it's either common opponent something like that. I don't know who holds if the Seahawks lose to the Rams. They both have the Rams in common, but I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I thought the Seahawks lost to the Rams earlier on in the season. Maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know. But anyways, that's kind of what I've been thinking about. Bucks look good. They look good. You know, obviously, again, take it with a grain of salt. Detroit kind of sucks. Anyways, thank you for listening to another episode of The Master Plan. You'll hear me in the next one.